Hello, 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 and welcome to the Alt Work Podcast, where we explore the new frontiers of work and challenge everything you thought you knew about your career, business, and the world of work. I'm Victoria Relas. And I'm Saki Brasul. And today we'll be discussing the art of managing up and managing down, a new manager's guide. So this is a topic that many of our participants in our programs have brought to us before. And honestly, I'm a little surprised that it's taking us so long to do a podcast episode on it. But finally, here we are. So uh, how about we talk about managing down first, and then we'll move on to managing up, and then uh, we'll leave the end to whatever comes up. Sound good? It sounds really good, Victoria. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's start off easy. Um, first off, what do we mean by managing down? Hmm. Yeah, just right off bat, dive into the deep end of the pool. What do we mean by managing down? I think to really take this question on, mm -hmm. we should maybe say, first of all, for for a few moments, what do we mean by managing? Mm -hmm. I okay. think that uh, there has been uh, this, this conception of managing, that managing is about making people do what you want them to do. Or yeah. managing, uh, managing the time and the body and the attention of the employee. Um, mm. And in the old businesses, it's controlling people. And mm. I think, first of all, we need to see that if we continue to operate with that interpretation, that managing is about controlling people. Whether you're trying to manage up or manage down, that is not going to work out in this new dynamic era. Mm. So if managing is not about controlling people, what managing is about. Yeah, yeah. Right? So um, let's take a look together. Maybe uh, we could say that at first, managing is about making the space at work in which the best of people can show up. Managing is about uh, enabling people to do their best work, to be at their best to do everything they can to deal with what needs to be dealt with. Um, what else we can say about managing? Managing is about uh, orchestrating the work, coordinating mm -hmm. the work. Managing mm -hmm. is about dealing with uh, breakdowns that interrupt the flow of our normal work mm -hmm. and dealing with those breakdowns and being resourceful and being, um, you know, giving up the interpretation that manager has to have solutions. In the older days, in the previous uh, industrialized era, uh, managing maybe was about that a smarter person is on the top who needs to have all the solutions, give clear orders to their people, and people will just need to execute what the manager has said. But mm -hmm. that's not really working out. Hmm. Why? Because today, uh, the work is not so as well laid out. We don't have checklist of things that all workers need to do is to check those things. Today, work is dynamic. You mm. start one work stream, it has a breakdown. You yeah. start resolving the breakdown with the solution and the solution has two other breakdowns mm. and so on and so forth. So the skill of managing, at first, I think it has to be a skill of navigating, like surfing the work environment and dealing with all kinds of little perturbances that come up, um, coordinating work, making offers and requests, asking people to do the job, um, be ready to negotiate. Uh, many of the people today are working remotely. Many of the people today are not working full-time or in contract roles. So in an environment like this, where, where manager cannot really control the mind and the body and the time and presence of the worker, Managing has to be about um, managing our commitments to each other. And we make promises to each other to get something done. Then manager's job is to account for those commitments, mm -hmm. is to deal with when the commitment is not fulfilled or the mm -hmm. process of getting into the commitment, making mm -hmm. offers, making requests, making negotiations, and manage the process of getting into, into some kind of a, a promise to each other in which we build future with each other. Hmm. What else can we say about managing that I may have missed uh, in this short articulation? Mm -hmm. 
I think you nailed it when you said like a coordination of of work and commitments with each other, right? And mm -hmm. so in that sense, managing down would then be this, right? Coordination mm -hmm. of your team's work, the commitments they make to you, the commitments they make to each other. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Is enabling your team members to to show up and yeah. do the work and uh, and to to take on some kind of a mission, some kind of a goal together as a team. Yeah. And enabling your team members to 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 learn maybe meant much of the work uh, that you need to do is new kind of a game. More mm -hmm. and more this is happening in enterprises. The new technologies are coming out, the new kind of challenges, the new environmental challenges are coming out. So a manager uh, must be willing to learn and invite uh, their team members, invite his team members, her team members to learn about what needs to be done. Hmm. So managing yeah. managing down then it's about, but you know, but that's not what people are thinking when they're talking about managing down, right? They're thinking about yeah. some other things. So yeah, yeah. Um, when so, you chose this topic, what was on your mind about managing so down? Let's go, let's get into a little bit of those mm -hmm. details, yeah? Enough of three, huh? enough of uh, <laughs> no, uh, but it was it was a very good start. I think I think this is like our this is how we usually start. This is our flavor. This is our podcast. So okay, <laughs> but right. um, so one of the challenges I think that a lot of um new managers that just got promoted right face mm -hmm. when like managing up and down is that or managing down more specifically mm -hmm. is that um how do you, how does one balance like uh the need to establish authority mm. while also building like trust with their team because it's a fine line right mm. Mm -hmm. i think this is a, a challenging like thing for new managers specifically mm -hmm. the need to establish authority and I, building I trust at the same time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i want to control you but i want you to like me while i control <laughs> you right that's really what we're talking about mm. Right. So um, need to establish authority. Why do we need to establish authority? I think maybe in an environment where I need to control someone, mm -hmm. then they better listen to my control. If I have a, this remote control and I want to press it, if I press the button, the thing should happen. Then, then if I want to bring that model to team management, then I would have the need to establish authority. And maybe that's where that things really go wrong because managers mm -hmm. believe that I must, uh, you know, and control in many ways has to do with uh, making you do what I want you to do through some mechanism of fear or maybe with some mechanism of greed that I will order you and either you're afraid that I'm going to hurt you if you don't fulfill my order. So I have authority. Mm -hmm. I think that instead of, uh, um, and what kind of trust Mutual trust, we're talking about free trust, not that you trust that I will control you. That is also yeah. trust. And yeah. if you trust that I will control you, you're going to do everything in your power to make sure that you're not controlled. Mm. And so, this, yeah, sorry, continue. Right. And this is the uh, mechanism that is set up oftentimes between. Uh, managers and employees that I will control you and you will do everything to make sure that you're not controlled. Hmm. We have entered. So they shouldn't establish authority. Is that what you're saying? We have entered into an era when hmm. no one wants to be managed. Hmm. Right. So yeah. um, maybe instead of just sort of giving it like an advice that you shouldn't try to establish authority, we should say, what else can take its place if it's not mm, yeah. an authoritarian culture in which yeah. I control some people and those people are the people that I manage, mm. then maybe there is another way uh, to go at it. Maybe, maybe what can take its place is, a, is a, some form of respect some mm. form of mutual respect. Mm. How can you uh, manage down with respect? How can you establish respect? Mm. Authority could be granted 
to mm-hmm. you if you are expert in some uh, subject or you're expert in some niche or something. And through your action, through your contribution, perhaps others can give you the authority to speak to them in a certain way. Maybe um, if you show up in service to your team members, maybe they will give you the respect and authority to to help them do something. So perhaps we can say mm-hmm. that the 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 manager in this new dynamic era where no one wants to be managed, right. the first move has to be showing up in service to your people, mm-hmm. um, investigating what do your people need, what do your team members need to do their best work, mm-hmm. what is getting in their way, yeah. how are they satisfied or not satisfied. Uh, yeah. with working environment, with the kind of work they have, with the compensation of the work and so on and so forth, the whole gambit. And when you show up, maybe as a manager, you cannot control many of those things. Maybe you also have bosses or if you are a startup leader, then you are you have cash constraints and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, when you show up to your people in the mood that I'm here to serve you. I'm here to help you do your best work. And of course, manager may need to remind his or her people that I have this role where I got to make requests. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't take your requests like orders. That's mm-hmm. another problem that happens. People think right. the moment they have made a request, that's yeah. an order that has to be fulfilled. It's def- definite. It's not questionable at all. It's not questionable at all. Why do you say that? Say a little more, please, about that. I mean, the difference between an order and a request, we take our requests as if they're orders. Like, you can't question them. I'm telling you what to do. Um, whereas a request or a real request could be countered, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. I think that um, uh, for request to matter, you know, we, we make each the requests like the cop pulls right behind you turn on the siren, turn on the red, blue lights. And mm-hmm. that's a request to stop. But if you don't fulfill that request, there are serious consequences. Yeah. So if you make all the requests in the mood, that if people don't fulfill the request exactly how it is made and there are consequences, then perhaps what's really missing in an environment like that is the opportunity for your employee, for the person you're making a request to, to own their promise. Mm. People silently and uh, uh, somewhat resentfully uh, shake their head or don't even shake their head right. and just make yeah. these cooing noises that say, hmm, yeah. I, uh, but there is no ownership. Mm. When you have made a request like an order in which you did not give space for people to be able to negotiate with each other, what could happen? That your people, make a promise, implicit promise. They don't reject your request. They listen to what you said. They go back to their desks, to their areas, to their machineries and start working. And now what's going to happen? The first breakdown that's going to show up, your employee is going to raise their hands and say, ah, oh, I, this is stuck. That's it. This, yeah. I, can't, I can't move till my manager yeah. solves my problem for me. Yeah. You don't want to set up a team like that where yeah. you're having to solve problems for your employees all the time. Mm-hmm. You want your employ- employees to do uh, fresh thinking. You want your employees to innovate when they run into prop- when they run into challenges, roadblocks, difficulties. The way to make that happen, that when you make a request uh, man- in managing down to your people, you allow the space for that request to be negotiated, that mm. you allow people to ponder what else might be on their plate? Or mm-hmm. maybe uh, you allow your people to make a counter offer. They might say, hey, this request that you're making, you may ask me, hey, uh, uh, Sakib, uh, go uh, build that uh, marketing page, right? If there is a space for negotiation, if I am not so scared of you as my manager, I might mm-hmm. say to you, listen, I think that maybe uh, we don't need to make that page, but maybe I can create. Uh, LinkedIn uh, profile for such and such, and that might be better for lead generation. Yeah. Right. So when you give that space for negotiation, now the person 
making the promise on their promise. Yeah. And I might start making LinkedIn profile and I find out, well, wait a minute, we cannot go uh, live or that's not enabled on our profile. I will contact LinkedIn and get that enabled and so on and so forth. Yeah. I will honor my promise that I have made to you. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You've said mm. so much. That's so good. So let me like mm. recap mm. just for a second. Okay? okay. 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 So first off, don't try to like establish authority, but instead gain, try to gain respect from your teammates, but not like force respect. Don't go around mm. making orders of people, but instead actually make requests that people can like take on as their own. And therefore, you won't have to like micromanage them anymore. And whenever they have a breakdown, they'll like take it on themselves because this is something that they have like committed to and that they see is worthwhile doing, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have a question for you because yeah, this please, is an please. issue that I remember one of our participants brought up one time. And this is dealing with a, a team member who, while, you know, the whole promotion thing was going on, imagine you're a new manager and one of your team members was also up for the position, but they didn't get it. And you did. So now this team member is a little bit like resentful because it happens, which is fine. Right. But they're a little bit resentful and you're having a hard time working with this team member. How do mm -hmm. you suggest this new manager like deal with the situation? I think uh, that's a very good question. Actually, that scenario uh, comes up all the time, often yeah. when new managers managers are brought, uh, promoted from within the ranks. Mm -hmm. and they're not brought in from the outside. This kind of challenge uh, can happen. Um, there's really two ways to go about it. Either you can uh, set your foot down, assert your authority and say, I'm the manager. I will say how it goes. Hmm? Okay. It reminds me of that uh, Aristocats yeah. That uh, in that movie, the there's dogs. a big dog. He says, "I'm the leader. I will say when we will chase the red truck." <laughs> yeah. Okay, chase the red truck. Okay, now no, so chase what's, the red truck. So what's the other option? I think the other way is that you that you go and have a conversation with your team and acknowledge their discomfort, and at mm -hmm. the same time acknowledge your own discomfort and and uh, and say that maybe you did deserve more than I did. Uh, maybe you are smarter than I am for this role, but the, 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 the fact at this moment is that I have this job, I have this mm -hmm. role, and if we are to succeed together as a team, if I am mm -hmm. to contribute to your life and you are to contribute to my life, yeah. then we have to respect the roles. I am not saying that you have to respect me more than others as a human being. As mm -hmm. human beings, we respect each other mutually. I have the same amount of respect for you and I invite you to respect me the same way that I respect you. And if I disrespect you, you're welcome to raise that as a breakdown with me. Mm -hmm. But in the role that I have now, my uh, job is to make requests of you, to ask you mm -hmm. to do certain works. Mm -hmm. um, you may know how to do those, uh, do those uh, works better than I do. Mm -hmm. And in that case, what I want you to do is to talk to me, is to negotiate with me. If mm -hmm. I ask you to do something, and if it doesn't make sense, bring it to my attention. If mm -hmm. I am making a mistake, watch my back. If you're yeah. making a mistake, I'll watch your back. Yeah. If we play a game like that, then we are successful together as a team. Mm -hmm. That's a service-oriented leadership that yeah. you can bring to the table versus uh, uh, power over yeah. uh, authoritarian leadership. Yeah. This is the leadership style in which you have power together, not mm. power over. Mm. You have power together with your team members. So starting with a conversation in which acknowledging and maybe even giving your team members an opportunity to, uh, to say whatever they want to say. Uh, if I, if suppose Victoria, you are newly promoted as a manager and you have all these team members and you experience that they are feeling a little uh, resentful, um, maybe let them voice it, hear mm. their concerns. Yeah. In the beginning, say, let me just hear it and acknowledge yeah. that they're upset instead of trying to make them wrong. That's mm. what a lot of managers do. They mm. go to those that are feeling resentful and they make them wrong. Yeah. That way, 
And often it's the superstars in the team that are feeling a little resentful. Right. And if you make the superstar wrong, you say to the superstar, uh, to the to the rock star in your team that, hey, that is terrible. Why are you feeling this way? You're feeling the wrong. You mm -hmm. should not be feeling this way. You should be feeling this way. Try to tell people how they should be feeling. <laughs> and you have, <laughs> you have a new breakdown. <laughs> you have a new breakdown. That person quits. <laughs> the person, the person quits or the person yeah. or the resentment goes deeper. So instead yeah. of trying to tell them that you're wrong in this feeling, maybe you acknowledge their feeling. Yeah. Maybe you say, I get it that you're upset. Yeah. And there is nothing much I can do about it. But I wonder what mood you might bring forth that mm -hmm. would allow us both now to succeed in our roles. Mm. If you continue to be upset, and if I continue to be triggered with your upset, then we are not going to have a good future together. Yeah, It's helping people see the future we can build together in these new roles, in mm -hmm. this new configuration. I think that's the, that's the ground of starting to, starting to manage town. Mm -hmm. That was a total mood, mood shift. Just like, even though I am, we are not in that position, just listening to you say this, like shifted my mood <laughs> because it's it's just it's so like authentic and genuine and it's just like I find if you have a conversation like this with this person I, it's almost impossible for this person to not like you know be moved and touched and so yeah it's it's a game changer it is yeah. a game changer mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. okay so maybe like last question about managing down then we'll shift to managing up okay is that um how does Maybe I'm I'm like assuming here, one of the difficulties of being a new manager is falling to, to being nice and not giving uh constructive feedback when necessary. Mm -hmm. Um so for people who are finding it difficult to give constructive feedback to their team members who they know could be doing much more, but mm -hmm. don't know why they're not doing that, uh, what would you what would you suggest? Hmm. I think you brought up um, maybe two uh, important um, distinctions that are worth dealing with individually. But let's let's try and deal with them together. How okay. do you kill being nice in giving constructive feedback? My first invitation is to is to watch carefully uh, the language in which you are beginning to show up and you think that you're doing important work. The language that I'm particularly concerned about is the language of feedback. You know, okay. where this word feedback comes from, if you <laughs> say, if you have a uh, tuning fork around you, you know, the tuning fork, you've used that in the science experiment, has these yes. two prongs yeah. and you take a tuning fork and you hit it on the table and it will make this sound like that that is the feedback coming from a machine. Machines provide feedback. They buzz, they hum, you press a button, something happens. Um, and feedback is, is like a fact. You know, machine is supposed to give feedback. If you hit a tuning fork and it doesn't give feedback, something is wrong with the tuning fork. So feedback is like a truth that comes from machines, mm -hmm. unfortunately. We have been working with machines for so long that we have forgotten how to work with each other. Mm. Human beings don't give each other the truth. Mm. And that might be the first mistake mm. that manager is making, thinking that I know some kind of a truth about this person and mm. I'm going to give it to them and they will install that truth like uh, Apple and Microsoft send patches to installed on computers to fix the bugs, right? There's a new update and new update comes. So we give feedback how we give patches to computers that this mm -hmm. is going to patch you up. This is going to fix you. And what's inherent in that assumption that first of all, there is something wrong with you. And mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you how you can construct yourself. Mm -hmm. This is a major blindness. Mm -hmm. That's not what human beings do is to tell the truth to each other or believe that what I'm telling you is the truth. Because mm -hmm. um, oftentimes what happens with feedback? People listen to feedback in the mood, it's a truth or not a truth. And if they don't think it's the truth, 
they begin to fight with it. They begin yeah. to reject it. Or if yeah. they don't fight with you openly, they fight with it yeah. silently. Yep, yep, Human yep. beings don't give each other feedback. Human beings have opinions for each other. We make assessments about each other. Mm. An assessment is not accurate or inaccurate. Mm. Assessment, facts could be accurate or inaccurate, right? If I tell you it's 10.30 uh, p.m. Pacific time right now, you could say, yeah, that's accurate. But mm. that's not feedback. That's not, <clears throat> that's not the, that's not my opinion. But say your performance is not very well, your, uh, your marketing ad copy is not generating results, the mm -hmm. article editing, you're leaving mistakes, and your quality uh, of your work is not so good. None of this is truth. Mm. These are opinions. It's too hot. It's too cold. This article is brilliant. That book sucks. Mm. All of these are opinions. So first thing, we must, as new managers, uh, get this, that your job is not to tell the people truth with mm. which you fix the people. Mm. Your job is to have opinion and your job is to have an opinion. You're right. a manager. You are to make an assessment. Okay. Yes, I'm satisfied with that work. No, I'm not satisfied with that work. Mm. Uh, it, I believe that you can do better work. I mm. believe that there is more in you. Mm. All these are opinions and they should be offered grounded in care. Grounded in care of the person's own performance, their own potential, their own career. Once you give somebody an opinion that's grounded in care for themselves, whether your opinion is, is a good one, not a good one, useful or not useful, it is not listened to in the mood that you're telling the truth and you don't get too attached to it. Hmm. Oftentimes when manager give the feedback, uh, they get very attached to that that has to be listened to. And if yeah. the person listening to it doesn't take it as it is, then either I'm not a good manager or they're not a good employee. Yeah. This kind of a space yeah. of no negotiation right. comes into picture with, mm. uh, with what we call constructive, that as if our job is to construct people with a bunch of mm. patches of truths that will recover them from their flaws. Such an activity, it cannot help people. The mm. activity that can help people is making grounded assessments which are grounded in, first of all, care for you, then care for our shared responsibility, mm. care for our shared commitment that we have maybe made to customer, maybe we have made this shared commitment uh, to a senior boss or someone else hmm? or a partner mm. or a vendor or something like this. And then we have a certain kind of a future in which you and I will participate. If we fulfill our commitment, maybe that future has abundance in it. Maybe we both will make more money or have the rewards or have the compensation, right? Or maybe that future, if we don't deliver how we, my job is to say I'm satisfied or not satisfied, then that future is in trouble. So out of care for the shared future, I can make opinions. Then my opinions are grounded in our care, in our future. And maybe some facticity, maybe um, mm. uh, I say to you, uh, the last week, uh, your work has uh, 38 grammatical mistakes. Yes, there could be some facticity, mm. but facts themselves don't tell the story. Your job as a manager is not to just lay out the facts, mm. as even when you think you're just laying out the facts, you are actually telling a story, you're actually having an opinion. Mm. So taking responsibility for having an opinion and training your team members and asking them to listen to what you're saying as not like the truth, hmm. but as your opinion and asking them to say, take a look, take it on. Right. Maybe it helps you. Maybe yeah. it doesn't help you. I wonder what is your opinion about my opinion? Yeah. If I give you this kind of a space where I'm just sharing my opinion with you, um, I am open to listening to what is your opinion about my opinion. What do you think, Victoria, can happen in a space like this? I think it puts the other person in a spot where they don't feel like 
forced to accept the opinion, but they actually have the space to consider it, right? And if they have some doubt in their mind to voice it and to talk together about it and then end up at, like in a much better place where they both feel listened to and taken care of at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, while you're sharing this, I'm thinking about moments in which you and I have had very different opinions about a project, right? We're working on a project you have the opinion that it went absolutely horrible. I have the opinion that it went absolutely great, but they're just opinions, they're not truths, right? But like in that moment, you and I have made practices where we listen to each other and we see each other as not as, a, as facts, but as opinions. And we take it on, we consider it. Like, why do you think it went so bad? Or why do, why do you think it went so good? Like, what do you see in it that I don't see in it? Mm-hmm. And when we end the conversation, we have like, something new has been created it's not mm-hmm. like you have to accept my opinion or i have to accept yours you know if mm-hmm. something new gets created so yeah i think you are talking helpful. about our last uh, episode <laughs> well i wasn't gonna say it but you can say it if you want <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about yeah. our last episode yeah. of the podcast but look you know um one of the challenges that if you have been promoted in the role of a manager maybe you do have more experience. Maybe you have more years uh, of experience on the so-to-called battlefield or on uh, in the work environment, but that could be one of the challenges for new managers who have had maybe even five years, six years, 10 years, 20 years of experience mm-hmm. as an individual contributor, and now they have been made manager. So the manager might think that I know what to do. My mm. experience tells me that mm. this is how the situation is. Mm. But what I have learned uh, in working with the young people um, uh, in my team, like yourself and Maria and other young people in my team, that oftentimes experience could imprison us into the past. Experience tells us what worked and what did not work in the past, mm. right? And experience also gives us resignation about what cannot work now. What happens that young people, they don't have a lot of experience, which can be a bit of a blessing because they don't have the resignation from the past Mm -hmm. about what cannot work. So they're willing to try. Mm -hmm. Young people are willing to, it doesn't only have to be with age. You can make your mind in such a Mm -hmm. way that you learn from experience, but not too much. You don't learn resignation. You learn the skill maybe, but you Mm. don't learn the resignation from your experience. Mm. Young people could have that, uh, could, I'm saying could, as young people can also be in the lack of experience, they can come up with false confidence. I don't have the experience, but I should act confident. Mm. And that is called arrogance. Arrogance is confidence with no experience, with no Mm. uh, readiness, no preparation. So, but sometimes young people can be optimistic and bright eyed about the future. So it helps even an experienced manager, um, older uh, manager to listen to the young people because the situations that are coming up in work these days, they are not so much grounded in the past. Mm -hmm. New kind of things are happening. Anomalistic Mm -hmm. things are happening. Mm -hmm. New kind of... uh, problems are emerging that we never saw before. So mm. I think a successful manager today, uh, and I want to know in a moment so, what's bringing this uh, joy, I'm but thinking. let me just finish this. Okay, let me just okay. finish this thought yeah. that successful, okay. um, successful manager today is someone who is not operating from having learned the rules and yeah. formulas from their past. Successful manager today, it's someone who's willing to learn, who's willing to mm-hmm. learn something new that, yeah. that they didn't learn before. So now tell me, what, what, what were you chuckling about earlier? I'm chuckling because I'm thinking, is this how Saki manages me? <laughs> <laughs> is this how you manage down? <laughs> I am not sure. You know, um, to be honest. I'm joking. You, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I don't like much the distinction of managing down. I only mm-hmm. agreed to to do the podcast uh, on with this topic because this is what's popular right now. This is what people say. Managing down that that word itself looks like I'm gonna like look down, look manage down, down yeah. that you're down. And yeah. when you're talking about managing up, you're like, 
ooh, it's something up <laughs> is above me. You know, yeah, I right. think it's these distinctions are not helpful. You know, I did see like one one or two articles in preparation for this. Instead of calling it managing down, they called it managing sideways. <laughs> interesting. I don't know if that's any better, but that interesting. was interesting. Okay. That brings the, the film this- sideways. We're managing sideways. Mm, grab a cup of wine and then no one needs to manage anything, huh? Just yeah, chill maybe. out. I'm not anyway. sure. I think as long as we continue to to bring theories of physics and theories of like uh, mathematics in which we're measuring levels and then we are mm-hmm. trying to see who's down and up, that whole approach uh, will not deliver. And I don't know if you go sideways but I think a new kind of orientation in which we are in service to each other and we yeah. have roles and those roles bring with it certain kind of responsibility. This kind of, I think, orientation can help much better than I agree. Up or down. I agree. And this is why this is called the alt work podcast. <laughs> ah, this is the alt work. That's right. Okay. But mm-hmm. we are spending a lot of time on managing down. Okay. Let's move, move, uh, because we don't have a lot of time. I left. thought we're spending a lot of time just having, uh, f- having joy and fun. We are, but we got to move on a little bit. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. All right, very good. So let's, let's shift gears to um, the topic of managing up. Hmm. Um, what do we mean by managing up? And uh, what do you think is a critical mistake there with like the term managing up? Hmm. I think it goes to um, goes to our original um, conversation that we started uh, thirty yeah. minutes ago about like what do we mean by by managing? I think mm-hmm. that maybe we should say a little bit more about when you're managing, what you're really managing is the satisfaction. You're managing mm-hmm. your satisfaction, uh, other satisfaction, you're negotiating satisfaction. You're mm-hmm. negotiating what would need to happen so people be satisfied. We can call them uh, conditions of satisfaction. You mm-hmm. are designing, you are together co-creating when you're having negotiation with someone. People think negotiation is such a bad thing. Negotiation is a fantastic thing. Yeah. In negotiation, you co-create conditions in which you both will be satisfied. Mm. So managing up often has to do with when people say managing up that often has to do that your boss is barking orders at you and mm-hmm. how you can get out of the the way of those orders and mm-hmm. how you can uh, set their expectations and push back in mm-hmm. such a way oftentimes you haven't brought up the distinction of pushback mm-hmm. but pushback is a very um widespread distinction in our corporates and person who knows how to do pushback in a in a in a very sophisticated way is considered more expert and i think the mm-hmm. whole metaphor is is corrupt is is gone in the wrong direction in which that somebody uh, having the authority tries to control you and managing up then has to do with learning how not to be controlled and all the energy is spent now in making sure that, that you're not controlled by someone else. Hmm. Again, here, I recommend that you go back to the drawing board. And if your boss, your boss's peers or your set of bosses um, are coming and making requests to you or yelling orders at you, that you find some courage. And uh, there, uh, we didn't go into the kill being nice distinction. Oh, yeah. The kill being nice distinction has to do with finding some courage. Mm. A lot of people think that the only way they're going to get promotions or they're going to be, uh, they're going to do a good job if they're well-liked by their superiors or sometimes also well-liked by their team members. I think giving up the desire to be liked and well-liked in all situations is the first step to managing up really well. Mm. First, having some courage to negotiate, to say, uh, boss, you want this done, but have you think about, have you thought about this, this, and this aspect yeah. of this work? Maybe yeah. we can do it better this way, or maybe I have something else in my plate. Uh, my team is busy with that, or I'm busy with that. Uh, could we do it later? Could you find me another help? Or if you can help me understand, 
why is that important or how this relates to other project we are doing, you may very well not have the full perspective that your manager does. Your mm -hmm. manager's uh, mind may be too busy or maybe they have a habit of not explaining the background. Yeah. So when you open up conversations about negotiation, the same way you own your promise then. If you make a promise, if you make an implicit promise just by listening to an order that your manager told you, the same way your workers act, the first challenge you have, you'll put your hands up and saying, ah, <laughs> this is broke. Ah, I cannot go forward. Now your boss is yelling at you that why aren't you finishing the work you said you would and right. you're stressed out and you're looking up YouTube videos on how to manage up, which is really about how <laughs> to stop the nastiness of your boss. Yeah, This game has to start by first taking a look at what are you committed to? Did you, uh, were you uh, awake when you were making that commitment? Maybe you didn't make that commitment. Maybe your boss yelled out an order in the project management system or in the team meeting and you said, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. <clears throat> you know, I'll do my best. I won't commit. Hmm. I'll do what I can. And any work that's taken on with this mood of I'll do what I can, it, it, unless it's a very simple thing to do, it, it cannot work. Yeah. The promise that is worth making is the promise where you risk something. But you can only make that kind of a promise if you negotiate for yourself some space in which you can, you can talk to your boss, you can um, uh, go through the, the rhythm of listening to the concerns of your boss and making an offer, offering a promise. Um, this is, I think, the first step is owning your conditions of satisfaction and yeah. negotiating your conditions of satisfaction. And as the work goes, would be willing to renegotiate those conditions of satisfaction. This mm. is the first step to managing up. Mm. Mm. Another dimension that just comes to mind, managing up. Sure. We often think that that our job as an employee, even we are a senior employee, say we are, uh, you are a vice president or something, and you have CEO that is above you or a senior vice president above you, any, uh, the mistake we make in thinking about uh, work is that our job is to, is to fulfill orders. And if we are in this mode, we are waiting for our, our managers, our customers. By the way, another little side, uh, side uh, conversation. It is very good that you don't think of your boss as your manager, like how you think that this is my slave owner and I will do what my boss asked me to do. It is better that you think of your boss as your customer who is making requests of you. Hmm? Now, if you think that the relationship of between you and your boss is some kind of a master or something who will make orders to you, who will make requests to you, uh, then you are not going to make any kind of an offer. It will be stupid of you to make any kind of an offer. The best you can do is to avoid requests, is to push back on requests. So there is this animosity that gets set up between you and your boss. Hmm. If you want trust and credibility with your boss, then concern yourself with your boss's word and make offers. Mm -hmm. If you concern yourself with your boss's word and make offers, instead of waiting for somebody to give you an order, you go offering to do something for your boss. Mm -hmm. You may go to your boss and say, hey, boss, I noticed that all of our uh, file system is messed up. Would you like if I uh, install a new technology or a new server and fix our file system? I'm just taking up. That is an yeah. example. Hmm? When you start to make offer, and you can also train your subordinates, train your team members to also make offers to you. If mm. you want to become, if you want to have an amazing team, one litmus test of an amazing team is that mm. how many offers your team members are making to you. Mm. And if you want promotion after promotion as a new manager, 
and you want to satisfy your bosses, that litmus test is that how many offers you are making to your bosses. Mm. And as you make an offer, don't be attached that your offer has to be accepted. Yeah. Maybe you perceive something is messed up in your boss's world, and maybe you make an offer, but uh, the boss doesn't take the offer. Don't take that personally. Yeah. Make another offer or ask if I cannot do it this way. Is there something else about this issue I can do for you? Right. When you operate like this, you bring forth like a phenomena of care to the table. You mm. break this centuries old relationship of master slave that it, how it started like yeah. boss that has you in this indentured servitude who controls mm -hmm. you because he or she pays you. You break that mold and you begin to be human beings. I don't know if you're beginning to be sideways, but you begin to be human beings. <laughs> Maybe a circle. <laughs> Maybe a circle. <laughs> Maybe you begin to be a human being that is engaged in the business of taking care of each other. And you demonstrate that care by, first of all, in each case, whether you're offering something or your boss is making a request to you by negotiating your conditions of satisfaction that what would happen here that you will be taken care of? What would happen here that you would be satisfied? Yeah. Look, I one warning comes to mind, a little uh -huh. off topic, but right away, one warning comes yeah. to mind. Many people in the last couple of decades, maybe it's older than that, many people have learned a particular style of management in which they will never be satisfied. They will keep telling their team members, I'm not satisfied, I am not satisfied. Mm. And whereas this method may have worked in the past to squeeze the most out you're of the about, worker. You're talking about managers not being satisfied. Sure, as a manager, if you are a yeah. manager and you have a team, you just develop this orientation that I will just not be satisfied, yeah. no matter what someone does for me. Or mm. maybe you have a manager like this in mm. managing up scenario who will never be satisfied who no matter what you do will continuously tell you they're not satisfied, maybe out of a habit or out of maybe uh, their concern that they want to squeeze the most work out of you. It's a corrupt strategy. Mm -hmm. When you begin to negotiate conditions of satisfaction, you begin to also train your boss to take responsibility for their satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Ask them that what would happen that yeah. you would declare satisfaction. Yeah. Don't care about your feelings. Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel happy? Doesn't matter. Feelings are not reliable uh, mm -hmm. test of mm -hmm. what happens in business transactions or in work transactions. What's reliable that we have promised to each other. Mm -hmm. I may say to you, Victoria, if we are doing a podcast every two weeks and you're preparing and helping me prepare and making it go live and doing post-editing work, I'm satisfied. Doesn't matter how I feel after the podcast. Maybe I was nervous and I didn't do a good job or maybe you were nervous and you didn't do a good job. So I don't get to declare my dissatisfaction because I don't feel good. Mm. I get to own my satisfaction because you negotiated with me that what would happen in this kind of a case in which I will be satisfied. Right. So that's another advantage of negotiating conditions of satisfaction with your boss, that if they have this habit and interpretation that they are not satisfying kind, that they maybe begin to become the satisfying kind hmm. or satisfied kind, yeah. Mm. These are very, very powerful, um, powerful like tools or, or, or frameworks, I think. Like we talk about them, like they're nothing, like it's very easy, just go and talk to your boss or whatever. But no, like, like you said, uh, the test of a very good team, it being how many offers are made, it shows a lot because when you make an offer, it shows that you are willing to take responsibility. You are listening very well to breakdowns that are not being taken care of. And you have the courage to go and tell your boss that I can take care of it, right? So yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of depth into all we're saying. So um, so yeah, I mean, it, this was very helpful. I think I think okay. we nailed it. So let's begin to wrap up. One last question, though. Okay. Um. Let's see. What, what would what would you say you need to do? 
you need to get really good at Hmm. you need to do to get really good at managing up and managing down Hmm. what do you need to do to get really good at to manage up and manage down i i think what you need to do to get really good at managing up and managing down is the same thing you need to do to get really good at uh, managing in general to succeed as a manager Hmm. Um, i propose there are four things that you need to do these things are combinations of uh, skills sensibility sensibility being ability to read ability to sense skill being ability to take action that eventually become habits maybe mm-hmm. we can call them uh, four virtues that you need to cultivate to get really really good at managing up and managing down first learning to learn learning to be a new beginner when Steve Jobs said, stay foolish, stay hungry, he's not literally asking you to become a fool. Mm. He's asking you to remain open to learning new things. Mm. So that itself is a skill of how do you open yourself to learn new things? How do you set aside what you know to be true? How do you set aside what your bias, what your background, what your experience is telling you that is absolutely right, that is getting you stuck. How do you step that aside? How do you build a mind of a new beginner, a mood of a new beginner? That is the first thing you need to do um, to get really, really good at managing. The second thing I believe that what you would need to do is to learn to tune into your moods. Learn to tune into your background disposition. We always have this background disposition in which we are operating. Either we are um, optimistic or we are resigned. Either we are enthusiastic or we are cynical. These background dispositions, they control everything. They manage everything in the front end that we do. A good manager, a good leader gets very good at tuning into their own moods, and the moods of their team members. And then some skills for shifting moods. Moods are not so easy to shift that, hey, you just throw like a company party and the mood is changed. Maybe temporarily some happiness is felt, but moods are more long-term. And in other episodes, we will talk more about um, what to do with moods and how to shift moods. But the skill of shifting moods is and managing moods is very important for, for a manager. That's number two. Third, we could say the skill to take any breakdown and recontextualize it so a space for innovation opens up, a space for new possibility open up, the ability to turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, an ability to recontextualize, to be able to see new context, your ability to see glass half empty instead of glass half full. Mm -hmm. That ability, we can say that a manager doesn't buy into the surface level interpretation of the situation, but manager sees any situation and see that what needs to be done here to shift the situation and give people a new opening, a new possibility available for action that was not available before. That's the third thing I would say manager needs to get really good at. Okay. The fourth thing the manager needs to get really, really good at is being able to tell the difference between fact and opinion. Oftentimes, people working in our enterprise cannot tell the, the difference between fact and opinion. Facts are these language actions that we take out of concern for each other And they have to do with our shared infrastructure, our historical investment into infrastructure like clocks and birth registries. And facts, they help us coordinate action with each other. We get fascinated with facts and data and all that. But what really moves action is our opinions. A lot of managers get paralyzed with taking action because they believe they don't have all the facts. Mm -hmm. Or 
they get very stuck about their opinion, believing that their opinion is the fact or their personal mm -hmm. truth. So learn learning to um, tell the difference between fact and opinion and learning to have the opinion, learning to build the courage, learning to kill right. being nice and mm -hmm. having the opinion and take responsibility for your opinion. Mm -hmm. Maybe your opinion is off. Maybe your opinion is not useful. But when you have the opinion and take responsibility for it, now there's a possibility that you can negotiate your opinion, you can change your opinion, and you can have what we call second order observer, which is having the opinion about your opinion. Mm -hmm. This is a master skill. I would say these four fundamental skills, learning to learn, learning to be a new beginner, learning mm -hmm. to tune into your background weather, and mm -hmm. learning to tune into others' background weather, and maybe learning the skills as you go advanced in your career to change your and others' background weather. Number mm -hmm. three, learning to recontextualize situations so opportunity for innovation shows up. And number four, learning to um, ground your opinion, learning to have what we call grounded assessments, mm -hmm. learning to ground your assessments in care and in shared concern for each other and learning to tell the difference between fact and opinion those are the four fundamental things I think mm. you need to do and get really, really good at to, to be an effective manager. Mm. I think that's a lovely recap because in a way we talked about all those things in this podcast mm -hmm. today, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. okay. I think, I think that's it. Do you have anything else um, you'd like to say before we end or should I complete? No, I think that's it. What a wonderful conversation this has been, Victoria. Thank you for... Yes for bringing uh, your lovely mood and the questions you have prepared. Um, just maybe last plug that we offer this uh, crash course, four-week crash course called Emerging Leaders Program 101. Um, mm -hmm. Our dear friend uh, Will Poole at Capria uh, Ventures help us create this program. And now, and we have been implementing this in his portfolio of 250 companies. Mm -hmm. And now we are bringing this program to the market. So yes. we help you cultivate. Now we given we have given you this information. Mm -hmm. You got the information of mm -hmm. what you need to do to be a really good new manager, how to survive as a new manager, to cultivate these four virtues. <clears throat> and we have given you some examples. Mm -hmm. um, now, you can keep on collecting more information. You can keep on browsing more YouTube videos and keep searching how to manage up and manage down. Or you can come let us train you. We're having this uh, crash course starting. We're going to do this four times a year. Uh, yeah. Our first public cohort will start on August 1st. And then from there, every three months, we will reoffer this cohort. Yes. Uh, so I hope that you come join us and let us help yeah. you start on the right footing. Let yeah. us help you uh, launch a brilliant career. If you have made a new manager, congratulations. Perhaps yeah. your promotion is well-deserved. Now, this is a very important point in your career. Many people don't make it and they revert back to IC or mm -hmm. uh, go back to, and unfortunately, a lot of companies are not providing these kind of trainings. A yeah. lot of courses, MBA-inspired courses, a lot of teachers, a lot of gurus in the market, they are giving you like these playbooks and uh, codified uh, uh, code books and everything, like set of rules. Yeah. To be a brilliant manager, you don't need to follow some pre-configured set of rules. Rule-based management, I think it's time is done. It's Going so forward, what you need to bring forth is the capacity for dynamic management to yeah. dealing with emerging situations. Yeah. So this is what we promise that we will help you cultivate is the capacity for managing dynamically. Yes, and you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it all by yourself. We can help you. So yeah. um, the deadline to apply is July 27th. So if you would like to join us, um, apply before then. I'll put the link in the comment section. Okay, thank you. Very good. Okay, uh, thank you. And with that, we conclude episode 10 of the Our Podcast, The Art of Managing Up and Managing Down, A New Manager's Guide. Um, thank you, Sake, for sharing your expertise and insights. And uh, don't forget to tune in next time um, in two weeks uh, in the same place and time for our next Outwork conversation. I'm Victoria Reles, and this has been the Outwork Podcast. Thank you.
Thank you, Victoria.